This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus, we'll talk about the upcoming JDRF Community One Walk and the Sioux Falls Computer Library. JDRF is one of the many great organizations around the Sioux Empire. Their mission? To educate and to make the public aware of diabetes. Lead volunteer and board member Jesse Buer, along with media ambassador Brian Allen, join the show to talk about the organization and the Community One Walk on Saturday, June 3rd. Anyone looking for more information about JDRF and the walk can visit www.jdrf.org. Finally, on the program, founder of the Sioux Falls Computer Library, Ryan Riefenberger, will join the show to tell us about the organization. There are different resources available for the Sioux Falls community. One resource that allows others to access technology is the Sioux Falls Computer Library. Believe it or not, there is a technological gap within the community. This resource allows people to fill out paperwork, employment applications, or even continue their education. Founder Ryan Riefenberger joins the program to talk about the organization and how the community can get involved. More information about the Sioux Falls Computer Library can be found at SiouxFallsComputerLibrary.org. That's all coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus. Hey, Ryan, good morning. Good morning. First time being on the program. How does it feel? It feels pretty good. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning and talking about this fairly new initiative in the Sioux Falls area. Before we talk about the Sioux Falls Computer Library, let's talk a little bit about you, Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got interested in computers and programming. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am the owner of uh, Falls Technology Group here in Sioux Falls. So by nature, I'm kind of a technology-oriented organization. Mm -hmm. We design websites and stuff for for people here in the Sioux Falls area. Um, I initially became really interested with computers and technology uh, at the age of 18 months old, which seems really ridiculously (laughs) young. Short Um, memory you got there. Yeah, so what happened was uh, that was actually when my mom bought me my first computer was uh, when I was 18 months old, she had uh, an old IBM computer sitting around, uh, gave me a small kid-sized mouse and a kid-sized keyboard and just kind of set me loose. And <laughs> ever since then, I've been building and maintaining and managing computers. It's just kind of been my thing. So what is a computer library? Absolutely. So a computer library essentially functions just like a public library. It's a a place where you can go to check out computers, uh, to be able to check out equipment, and return them within a certain amount of time um, without having to pay for uh, individual rental of an item. Okay, so what was what is the purpose of the Sioux Falls Computer Library? You know, what was the need that you saw in the community? Yeah, absolutely. So after speaking with community leaders and with community members in Sioux Falls, uh, we discovered that there was a really big technological gap, especially in marginalized communities in town, uh, for having technology access. And what we wanted to do was create an even playing field for everybody to have access to that technology. So that way, everybody can be able to fill out paperwork, they can do employment applications, better their schooling, and improve themselves overall. 
Did you ever think you would start a company or an initiative like the Sioux Falls Computer Library, or you just thought, what the heck, I'm just going to do this? So I had the idea a couple of years ago, but I didn't really have the knowledge or know how to execute the actual project. And recently with the founding of the Sioux Falls Tool Library, uh, we spoke with the organization and the members over there and really started to get a framework and foundation for what we could do here. And so once we obtained that information, we really were able to turn this into a realistic concept. Does the Sioux Falls Computer Library have a mission statement of some sort? Yeah, absolutely. So our mission is to provide technology to all communities who may need it um, in a free uh, or affordable way. Uh, we offer sponsorships in various different ways that people can become members uh, to essentially bridge the gap for anybody who may not be able to afford. Yeah, you, you said it right away. There is a gap between the have and the haves nots. Do you think that maybe you can provide an example of something that you've seen between the haves and the haves nots just to give someone a visual idea. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there are a lot of uh, people that have recently moved into the Sioux Falls area, maybe who have immigrated into the country um, that may not have immediate access to technology. Either they weren't able to bring it with them or they're not able to afford it initially while they're trying to find a job. Um, And it's a really good opportunity, especially for people who are job seeking and, and between jobs, not able to pay for their own equipment. Uh, to be able to uh, borrow something, fill out their applications, do their job searches, and complete that process. This is going to be a blunt question for you, but what does the Sioux Falls Computer Library do for the community? You know, how does this benefit Sioux Falls? Yeah, absolutely. So um, ultimately, uh, the benefit to the community is being able to uh, increase sustainability uh, and being able to provide technology to people and reuse that technology as as long as its life will allow instead of uh, pushing more and more products into the landfill. Now, when I think of computer library, I think, oh, libraries, You know, you go out, you check out books and stuff like that. Now it's in a computer, if I'm understanding that right. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, So it it functions very much the same way. Uh, You have the ability to go in, browse our products online, um, and then be able to check out products um, through a centralized cart system. Once you check that out, you can either pick up the devices or we can have them delivered to you. Um, and it essentially functions just like a standard library would. To, and we try to keep that concept as simple as possible. Yeah, if you are just listening to us and being joined by Ryan Riefenberger, he is the founder of the Sioux Falls Computer Library. Now, this initiative, it wouldn't be what it is without a little of help. So you're actually asking for donations. Can you tell us what you need? Yeah, absolutely. So what we're primarily looking for right now is any computers, peripherals, like keyboards, mice, microphones, um, cameras, really anything technology-oriented newer than 2017, so that we can try to keep the technology relevant to people in working condition. Um, And if people are not able to donate technology or if they don't have anything laying around that they may be able to contribute, uh, another thing that they can do is we have a link on our website where they can donate financially to us. They can contribute either $5, $50, $500, whatever they're comfortable with, and then we'll turn around and we'll use that money to purchase and maintain the equipment that we have to gain further access for people in our community. So what will these donated items be used for? Yeah. 
absolutely. So we do, we're doing both short-term and long-term rentals, or excuse me, borrows for uh, for our items. Um, we will have the ability for people to be able to check out items for maybe just five days, seven days, 15 days at a time. Um, and then additionally, we'll have plans that'll allow people to check them out for three months or six months at a time if they need more long-term pro- uh, access to those equipments. Any specific number that you're looking for for donations? Yeah, we're hoping, and this might be a little bit of a lofty goal starting off, but uh, we're hoping to be able to have 50 to 100 devices here in the next couple of months for people to be able to utilize. Okay, awesome. Are you looking for sponsors and how people can donate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So we are looking for community sponsors, whether that be private citizens or organizations and businesses in the Sioux Falls area. Um, We offer a couple of different sponsorship plans, whether you want to sponsor a member of the community to be able to utilize our tool library without having to pay, or if you'd like to sponsor our organization, um, uh, with a flat donation, uh, we can also do things that way. And then we'll give you, the organization donating, uh, 10 free accounts that you can utilize for any of your staff or for your own usage. Yeah. Where can people find out more information? Absolutely. So uh, you can visit our website at www.siouxfallscomputerlibrary.org, and all of our information is located there. All right. Once again, it's Ryan Riefenberger. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. All right. We'll be back. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing, your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-1609. That's 1-800-352-1609. Again, 1-800-352-1609. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. Lots of great organizations, great community events around the Sioux Empire every year during the summer, especially. One of the events that is coming up really soon is the JDRF Walk. That is on Saturday, June 3rd at the Canaries Field, the Birdcage. And joining us right now is Jesse Buer. She is a board member and the lead volunteer for South Dakota, the only board member in the state. And also joining us in the studio, it's this guy. Hey. Hey you, Brian Allen. He is the media <laughs> ambassador, and he's also known as being one of the faces of Dakota News Now. Hey, good morning, you guys. Good morning. Good morning, Christine. Yeah, it's great to have you. Welcome, Brian. It's nice to see you in the studio. Jesse, it's great to have you over the phone. Now, if I remember this correctly, Brian, this is familiar territory for you. Oh, you yeah. were on the radio, and mm-hmm. people know you from being at Dakota News Now, but they might not know about your radio history. Oh yeah, I was very fortunate to start early on at the age of 16, a a radio career. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's one of those things when I look back on it, it's the idea of sometimes you're good, sometimes you're lucky, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's both. And that's kind of the situation that I walked into. Uh, I got hired uh, at an AM radio station when I was 16. Uh, And it was one of those situations where there were three stations in the building all owned by the same group, an Mm -hmm. AM station, an FM station, and a television station. And within three years, I was on staff at all three. 
uh, doing announcing, doing the news, uh, reporting the news very early on uh, in my television career. And I am a big fan and I still have a very soft place in my heart for radio. I think it's a fantastic medium. Theater of the mind. That's what it used to be referred to as back yes. in the day. And just that idea of if you're going to tell a story, you need to really be um, creative with the words you use mm -hmm. and the words you enunciate. It really is kind of an art form, I think. Uh, and it's always a pleasure to be behind a radio microphone talking to people again. I really do enjoy it. Yeah. Now, Jesse, Brian might know this, but I used to be on TV and people ask me this question all the time. So I'm going to ask you. Do you enjoy being in front of the camera more or behind a microphone? And if you say you can't pick a favorite, that's okay, too. You know, for me, I, you know, it's, it's a cop-out, but it's both. I just like the idea of being able to talk to people in a one-on-one -on -one way. And they say, well, how do you do that with television? It's all in how you view it. Um, the thing that I always tell younger reporters or mm -hmm. younger anchors is don't think that you're talking at someone. Think that you're talking to someone. And if you can kind of get that mindset going, I think it ends up making you a more effective communicator. Let's get down to business. Why are we here? Well, we're here to talk about the annual JDRF walk in Sioux Falls. And like I mentioned before, this year's event will take place Saturday, June 3rd at the Canary Stadium, the Birdcage. And Jesse, this is where we'll bring you on here. Can you tell us a little bit about the JDRF organization? Sure. The JDRF organization has been around since I believe the 70s or 80s. It was two mothers that had children diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and they set out to make a difference, and that's what they've done how many years later. And so right now what the organization does is it funds, the primary purpose is funding research to find those advancements and hopefully someday find that cure. That's the main goal. The other things that um, JDRF are involved in is advocating. Uh, my niece and I will be heading to D.C. in July to fulfill part of that advocacy program that we work with. So that's, we and we just want to work with the people in outreach and try to build that community. So it's three prongs, but the fundraising for the research is the biggest part. Jesse, how many people in the Sioux Empire would you say benefit from the JDRF organization? Just a rough guess. Oh, that's a tough number to figure out. There's <laughs> not, there's not statistics on how many type ones are in South Dakota, there's a statistic of diabetics in South Dakota, but nothing type one. Um, I truly don't know. And that's part of my mission as a board member is I want to figure out what kind of community that we have out there that could benefit from JDRF. And Jesse's right. There are no specific statistics that break down type one, type two. Mm -hmm. But when you look at Department of Health numbers from Peer, we're closing in on a situation where we're very close to one out of every 10 people in South Dakota has diabetes. Mm. So 10% of the population. So let's just, this is a huge guesstimate, but let's look at the city of Sioux Falls, for example, mm -hmm. 202,000 uh, people. 10% of that would be just over 20,000 people. Now that's a real rough estimate, but if you look at it that way, you can see that those numbers do add up rather quickly. Yeah. Now, Jesse, you were talking about the advocacy, the pillars of JDRF. What are the programs that you offer the people who want to be with JDRF? Sure. So there's, there's, like I said, there's kind of the three pillars. So there's the outreach. You can be an outreach volunteer, which JDRF facilitates and that kind of thing. It's you sign up and you could be matched up with a family that has um, a child or an individual that was recently diagnosed. And JDRF tries to match you up with similar situations 
and then you kind of build that relationship and you can be a, a sounding board for that family going through something that you have gone through or your family has gone through. So that's, a, that's um, one thing. The fundraising and kind of the events type of thing is what I mostly focus on here in South Dakota. That's another thing, like the walk that's coming up on June 3rd. Um, we are looking at possibly having a float in the parade in, for the July 4th, uh, 4th of July parade. And then also possibly having like a trunk or treat event in Sioux Falls in, in October, obviously, um, for Halloween there. And so there's those events type thing that I pretty much organize and run that part for our state. And then there's the advocacy, which does go through our headquarters of our chapter in Minneapolis. But that's another way you can um, get involved with legislators and our um, government to help advocate for change. I was kind of hoping for a trunk or treat in August, you know, just to just to I get for that. We don't right. have to wait till October. Right. We don't, <laughs> who says there's no rules for it? Right. And Jesse, one more question for you about yes. JDRF and, and just what, what you guys are all about. It's about diabetes. And mm-hmm. they say that there's type one and type two. Now, for anyone who isn't familiar with those terms, what is type one and what is type two? So the easiest, well, I don't know if it's the easiest way, but type 1 is considered an autoimmune disorder. And so those that get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, there is nothing they have done or could do to have prevented or stopped this disease. It, there's, there's no factor um, that way. Where type 2 is considered a metabolic disease that likely it's people that maybe haven't had the healthiest diet for most of their life. Typically, that's not always the case, but and those are usually later onset um, diagnosis. And that's just usually like a, a lifestyle change with their diet and exercise seems to help them manage their the symptoms and the blood sugar and that kind of stuff, where with a type 1, that's not necessarily the case. So it's, it's, it works in the body somewhat the same way, but how they come about are very different. And with a type 2 diabetic, the diabetes can actually go away in some cases if they change their lifestyle with an early enough diagnosis. Um, It's not always guaranteed to stay away either, but with a type 1, it will never go away and it will impact every single thing in their life for the rest of their life, no no matter what happens. The thing that we've heard time and again from people who have sort of jumped on board the bandwagon here to get Mm -hmm. this walk uh, up and running, not only that, but also really pulling JDRF uh, back to life. Yeah. Uh, And we can talk about that a little later if you want. But the thing that we've noticed is that people's eyes are really open because there's so much, I don't want to call it misinformation, but you don't know what you don't know. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't necessarily well-versed on diabetes overall, or Mm -hmm. type 1 or type 2, or what it does, or what the needs are as a result. And one of the things that's been fulfilling to see over the last year, let's call it, is the fact that people have been able to better understand, oh yeah, this really affects a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I call it it, uh, the diabetes story. And what I have challenged people to do is pick three people that you just have everyday contact with and ask them, has diabetes touched your family? Has it touched you? Do you have someone you care about who has diabetes? And more times than not, the answer you'll get back from someone is, oh, yeah, my aunt has diabetes or my child has diabetes. But you don't know these things if you don't ask. Mm -hmm. And you can't have the conversation unless you start the conversation. So one of the things that's been really pivotal over the last year is just that sense of advocacy. And it's just boiled down to just talking to people and see what their experience has been or hasn't been. Um, there's a deeper story over 
all of this and not to chew up too much of your yeah. time here, but Jesse really deserves a pat on the back and then some. <laughs> the reason that she is involved the way that she is, is her family directly has been touched by type 1 diabetes. She had an uncle that passed away from it. Mm. Her brother is a type 1 diabetic. Her niece is a type 1 diabetic. Because of that family history, she's had her sons tested to see what their risk is or is not. Um, and for someone to just take that love of family and decide, I'm not just going to help the people I care about, but I'm going to do what I can to help the, the greater community that might be dealing with this, that's really been admirable. And when you hear that story, I just challenge anyone to, to hear that story and then not want to get involved. You well, know? Yeah, yeah. Well said, Brian. Again, if you were just Thank listening, you. Jesse Buher and Brian Allen, that guy over there, he <laughs> they are both, I should say, joining us right now to talk about the upcoming JDRF walk on Saturday, June 3rd. Now, Brian, how did you get involved with this organization? So I was able to learn about Jesse's story and the greater backstory of JDRF South Dakota essentially being decimated because of the pandemic. Um, the staff that had been in place here disappeared. It wasn't mm -hmm. existent. JDRF South Dakota existed in name only. And so again, a couple things. Uh, I was able to learn Jesse's backstory about why she was doing this. And again, I don't know how you hear that someone could use your help and then you not help. But secondly, and this is a story I don't share very often, yeah. Christine, um, you know, diabetes type one is an autoimmune disorder. When I was a child about age four, my immune system started failing and not a little, but a lot. Mm -hmm. It was dire straits. Um, so I know what it's like to be that kid that gets the diagnosis that you don't understand. And then once you do understand it, you realize you don't want anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. But that's that's it. That is your life for a while. Now, I was fortunate enough, somehow, after 14 years of treatment, it stopped being a problem. That's not the case right now with type 1 diabetes. If you have it, you've got it. And right now, you've got it for life. And that means a lifetime of testing your blood. That means a lifetime of making sure your insulin is the right dosage. You don't get to turn your back on this. Well, you do, but it's to your own detriment. If you're going to take care of your own health and well-being, you have to watch this every day for the rest of your life. Now, would you say that's why you're a part of JDRF to hear stories like Jesse and, and other people that tell you this is a rewarding thing for you? Uh, it, it has been uh, rewarding for me. The idea of being able to help and doing the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. You know, you'll you'll empathize with this yeah. being a news person. You and I talk every day about the bad things that happen in life mm -hmm. and the people who get um, a bad turn of the luck uh, tragedy that they didn't see coming in the morning that happens at night. Mm -hmm. We talk about that all the time. To be able to talk about something that helps others and is potentially uplifting and to be able to, at the end of the day, say, you know what? We decided to work on this for the right reasons. And as a result, the good guys won this today. To be able to, to have that and to celebrate that and to know that there is value in that. And if you can get people to come on board and join you with that, it's the old, it's the old saying, there's strength in numbers. And that's what we're trying to do. Fundraise, but also get people engaged, not just for a walk, but for an extended period of time. And then hopefully you grow outward from that 
And what you end up with, fingers crossed, uh, is a stronger organization. Absolutely. And that, that is right. The big way for the community to get involved is by being part of the JDRF Community One Walk on Saturday, June 3rd at the Birdcage. Jesse, can you tell us more about this event and just what goes on during the day? Yeah. So the event starts at 11 a.m. at the Birdcage. And we'll have kind of a welcoming um, group, it's like a welcoming time. You come on in. We've got some bracelets and some temporary tattoos, and we have some chalk for the kids, and we try to line up just a little bit of entertainment just to try to keep people entertained and have a good time. The main focus of this walk, yes, we obviously want to fundraise, but the biggest thing we want to do is start building that community of type 1 diabetics. They are out there, and they feel alone because there's just there's not groups to help them through this journey in their life, and the or whether it's a family member. No, absolutely. And the proceeds from this event, they go directly back to JDRF, correct? Correct. They go directly back to JDRF and it goes straight into research um, funding and to help with these advocacy programs um, and all these other like events that we keep wanting to have. Brian, I know you're going to be walking during then. Yes. Yep. Yep. I I will be out there. And it's one of those things where the proof is in the pudding. And this is what I mean by that. We just heard Jesse say that this funding goes back to JDRF. One of the key components of that is funding research. Mm -hmm. There is a new drug. It's actually being used now here in Sioux Falls. It's called Tzeeld, like T-Shield, but it's a Z. Sure. Yeah. And what it does is if you can find a child that has a family history, let's say, but doesn't have full-blown type 1 diabetes yet, if they are administered this medication, right now uh, it's 14 solid days, 14 treatments, one a day for two weeks. If you can get that child that medication, it's not that it stops the onset of type 1 diabetes, but it delays it, they're saying, from anywhere from two and a half, potentially up to eight years. And if you can have a drug Again, everyone wants a cure. Yeah. But if you can have a drug that delays the onset of type 1 diabetes, you're giving that child extra years of a normal life before they then have to become tied down to testing and insulin and all the things that, that come with a type 1 diabetes. So th- there is progress happening. This isn't the type of thing where um, we're fundraising for research and nothing's happening as a result. Those wheels are now legitimately starting to turn. Very good point. Yeah. And it's so important to support great organizations like the JDRF here in the Sioux Empire. And one way to be a part of that, again, is a part of that walk is Saturday, June 3rd at the Birdcage. Can't emphasize that enough. Jesse, if anybody wants more information about JDRF and the Community One Walk, where can they go? The best place right now would be to go to our Facebook page, JDRF South Dakota. You send that page a message and I am actually the one that responds to that. So that's that's the best way. Or you can go to JDRF.org and find our chapter, and you can send an email that goes up to our Minneapolis headquarters. Um, but if you want to get directly in contact with me, the Facebook page is going to be the best way. All right, awesome. And yeah, Brian. If you go to that Facebook page, JDRF South Dakota, and if you scroll through some of the posts, you will eventually come to a post that says, uh, if you want to join an existing team for that walk on June 3rd, or if perhaps you want to start your own team for that walk on June 3rd, you can click a link right there and it takes you to the registration page. And that's how you can get mm-hmm. up and running uh, and, and take uh, take part in this. 
All right, awesome. Thank you for that, Brian. And thank you, Jesse, for joining us. Once again, it's Jesse Buer. She is the board member, the lead volunteer for South Dakota, the only board member in South Dakota. And that guy over there, Brian <laughs> Allen from Dakota News, now the media ambassador for GDRF. Thank you both really for joining us this morning. Thank you for the time. Appreciate yes. it. Thank you very much. All right, we'll be back. Hi, I'm Trooper Henry with the South Dakota Highway Patrol. I would like to encourage you to make sure you're utilizing a proper following distance. A good distance is about one car length per 10 miles per hour. So at 65 miles per hour, you should have 6.5 car length between your car and the one in front of you. This is a major cause of the crashes in the Sioux Falls area. Please help us combat following too close. Thank you. This message is brought to you by the South Dakota Highway Patrol and Results Town Square Media. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The Parkinson's Foundation knows that the disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. If you have questions, the Parkinson's Foundation has answers. We can help you understand the disease. And give you tips for living a better life. Find your answers at Parkinson.org or call 1-800-473-4636. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better Better Lives. Together. I'm Christine Manica, and you've just been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank my guests from JDRF, Jesse Buer and Brian Allen, along with Sioux Falls Computer Library founder Ryan Riefenberger for joining the program today. If anyone has any questions about the upcoming JDRF or the walk on Saturday, June 3rd, people are encouraged to check out www.jdrf.org. That's the number two dot jdrf.org and for more questions about the Sioux Falls Computer Library and what their mission is all about you can always check out SiouxFallsComputerLibrary.org please join us again next week for another edition of Sunday Focus Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio Town Square Media Sioux Falls I'm Ben Affleck and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America I joined the Navy to serve my country while parachuting with my platoon. My parachute didn't open, and I broke my neck. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Learn more at pva.org.